to go. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And I know our kids normally have kids club and all of that. The carpet got finished today. The downstairs done. The paint is done. The carpet is in. And so two-thirds of the work down there is done. So we got one. We're going to paint the kitchen. Nothing to do with the floor, but just paint the kitchen so the walls are good with school in the next week, and we'll be in great shape. The walls look the same down in the classroom as these walls do. I'll put pictures later tonight. And the carpet is this platform carpet with a nice edging down there. And so it's nice. Turned out very well. And thank you for those that gave towards that. And it's an amazing thing. We had extra money come in. And who knew that he didn't know he, didn't know he was doing the stairs too. So that literally the extra money that came in literally took care of the stairs. So it's like God knew we need the extra money, and I didn't think we need the extra money. But God knew, and we were able to get it all done, which is a good thing. So now no one's going to ever walk on it. We're just going to leave it nice, and no one can ever walk on it, and we'll be. No, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. And so I like to have oxen around. It's a good thing. And the kids will be back. School is two weeks from Tuesday. It's coming very soon. Abigail and Seth don't look so sad back there. Seth was kind of smiling back there, and it's like Seth, his whole face just dropped right there. School is coming. And so your face, though, Seth, is the same face that Brother McKee had, too. So you guys are on the same, same level there. And so Acts chapter 16. So I know normally our kids are in kids club tonight, and so everyone's up here tonight because I wasn't sure when they would get that done. Everything was supposed to be done yesterday. Then there was a delay on the carpet. He's like, can I do it Sunday afternoon? I'm like, if you want to do it Sunday afternoon, that's fine. And then he's, and then I'm like, what if they don't get done by the time for everything? I'm like, and then with all the rain and everything else that we're supposed to have, I'm like, we'll just have church Sunday night. And uh, I, my thought is, I know there are some churches that decide not to have like an evening service or do different things. If the Chargers can play their preseason football game in a big stadium, then we can still have church on a Sunday night. And so I think we'll be all right. And then for those that's hard for, you can watch online or just. Do nothing at home. Watch the news and watch the storm circle around. Whatever you want to do, things like that. Acts chapter 16, we've been looking in this chapter for a while now on Sunday nights. And what we've seen happen is Paul and Silas and Luke has joined them. And they've been preaching the gospel. And this woman that was full of some unfamiliar spirits, she had divinations and things. She was following Paul and Silas, and literally she was saying, these are the servants of God, and literally it wasn't helping the cause of Christ. So what does Paul do? He casts the devils out of her. And when the guys that were there that were making money off of her realized that they're not going to make money off of, her, off of her anymore, they got mad and turned them in and put them in prison. And, not just, and they beat them and put them in prison. Not the outer courts of the prison, deep, in prison and they were to keep them there and shut them up now we look tonight the title of my message is this the power of praise i want you to understand something praise is not determined by our circumstances that's not true praise praise is determined by the person we are praising and so if you live your life and only when things are good, that's when you decide to praise God, that's not real praise. That's literally using God when you want to use him and trying to butter him up when everything's good. 
Real praise is not determined by what's going on in our lives. Real praise is directed toward the God of heaven. Paul and Silas are deep in prison here. If anything, this is not the time you expect them to do anything like this. But in the middle of prison, they're in there. We look down at verse 25 of this chapter. It says, and at midnight, it's late at night, deep, dark, cold prison, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Now, you just think with me for a minute. If you are deep in a prison, and you're in prison, let's say there are people everywhere in this prison that are in prison, and all of a sudden, there's a great earthquake, and you're, the, things, you're, the chains come off. And all the doors are open. What are you going to do? Find the exit and leave, right? No, you would just stay there and be a good prisoner, right? And you would never just leave. You're going to stay there and serve out your time no matter what. No, they would get up and leave. Well, we look here, the keeper there in verse 27 says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Literally, if he didn't take his own life here, those in charge would have taken his life. Because he let everyone go under his watch. That's why you think back to Jesus when he died on the cross and he was buried in the tomb. Jesus is gone. And what did the high priest tell the soldiers that were there? We'll take care of you. You won't die for this if you do this. They were protecting them from death. So the, the guard here literally is going to take his own life because he's going to die anyways for this. We look at verse number 28. It says, But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling. And fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And here's salvation. They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straight way. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeants, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this, saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, verily, let, us come, let them come themselves and fetch us out. I love Paul. I really do. I love Paul. It says, And the sergeants told these words to the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them out 
and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. The power of praise. As I mentioned a couple minutes ago tonight, praise is not determined by circumstances. Praise is determined by the worthiness of who we praise. And Christian, it doesn't matter if your life's a mess or if everything's going perfect in your life. Jesus is worthy to be praised. And maybe you might be going through your own prison of sorts. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Always we should rejoice in the Lord, always. And again I say rejoice. We need to praise Him. Do you realize that sometimes I believe we as Christians, we get down in life. How many of you ever get down with things that happen? We all do, right? You want to know a way to get yourself up from being down? Praise. Praise. That's why it does good to sing good songs to the Lord. It can change your attitude. Change your mood. Now, is the Lord always going to bring an earthquake and open the prison doors for you? No! But could he do it sometimes? Yes. If you're only praising him so he'll turn things around in your life, that's not truly praise either. Because praise isn't determined on what he's doing for us in the moment. Praise is what he's already done, and we're praising him for who he is. So as we look tonight, I want to take a few minutes and preach on this thought, the power of praise. Father, I pray that you bless the next few minutes this evening. And I pray that you would guide us and help us tonight as we look at this passage. We love you. We need you. We thank you for being our God. We thank you for the many blessings you've given to us. Help us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now I know we look at this passage of Scripture and we see Paul and Silas in prison. And maybe you look at the passage and you're like, I just don't know if I can relate with them. Well, you really can. The book of Psalms tells us in Psalm 40 about our condition before salvation. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, your inner prison, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and he established my goings. And what has he done? He's put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. In all reality, that night, as Paul and Silas were sitting in prison that night, they let their new song get, get out, didn't they? And all the prisoners heard what they were singing. Not only did they hear it, we see that this man, the jailer at his house, got saved that day because of what he heard. And that's what the Lord's done in our lives. I wonder tonight, are you letting that new song flow from you? Is it coming from your mouth? He put a new song in your mouth. And I know some of you might like your oldies and things like that, but I'm talking about the new song that was given to you at salvation. The praise to our God. Think about what heaven's going to be like and what's going to take place in heaven. The Bible tells us in Revelation 19, verse 1 through 5, it says, And after these things I heard a great voice and much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, 
hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hands. And again they say, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. We already know the four and twenty elders, those that are here on Wednesday nights, we know the fact that that represents us when we're with the Lord someday. And we see that in heaven, we're going to be praising Him. We've looked at on Wednesday nights, they were looking for someone worthy to open the scroll, right? And Jesus is worthy to open the scroll. And it says that the four and twenty elders and the four beasts sung a song to Him that worthy is the Lamb that was slain. And we see those things and we see how important the power of praise. He is worthy of praise. As we look at our text tonight, as we go into this thought tonight, the first thing, number one in our outline there, we see the prison of suffering. When you think of praise, you don't think about suffering with praise. Really, do you? Not oftentimes. Verse 22 and 23, it says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. As we look at this prison of suffering, the first thing that we see, letter A, is the fact that it was undeserved. What did they do to deserve this beating and being thrown into prison? That's where sometimes we look at life, and, and I, I want our kids to get this in their heads. And our school kids, as we get ready for school to start before long, I'll hear a break sometimes. Yeah, this is not fair. Life is not fair. It never will be completely. Would it be nice for everything to be fair and just and right? Yes, and when we get to heaven, it will be. And when we have Jesus as our ruler here, it will be just and fair. But as long as we are all involved in this thing, nothing will ever be fair. This was unwarranted, undeserved. Did, what did they do? They literally preached Jesus. What I'm doing tonight, preaching about Jesus, or going and knocking on someone's door, telling them about Jesus, that's literally all they did. So they, they had a little bit more power behind them because they actually cast the devils out of that woman. They did nothing wrong. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 4, verse number 12, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Hey, you got to realize tonight, hard times are going to come. Suffering is going to come. And a lot of times that you don't deserve it when it happens. Now, there are other times. Man, I hear Christians sometimes, and it's like, if you just didn't do that dumb thing, you wouldn't have gotten in the trouble that you got into. And sometimes we just look at those things, and uh, I could give example after example. I have people come to me often, they're like, Pastor, I'm really going through it right here. And I'm like, why did you do what you did? You literally just did this to yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. As a Christian, there will be times, and we see Paul and Silas here, this was undeserved. Also, the second thing that we see here, letter B, is the fact that it was hard. Not only was it undeserved, this was hard. We see the fact that they were beaten here. Think about another passage where Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, verse uh, 24 and 25, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Now, forty stripes was basically a death sentence. 
One less meant you were barely alive still. This is Paul. Five times he got beaten almost to death. Thrice was I beaten with rods. That would hurt. Once I was stoned. And not like some of you have been stoned. We're talking about literal stones being cast down. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. That's tough. And we're like, oh no, the government might have fined us a couple years ago for having church. They weren't going to go beat me. They weren't going to stone me. Gilligan only got shipwrecked once. Three times. A night and a day he's been in the deep. This is, the Christian life's not always easy. We see this suffering take place. And when we look and we think about these things, the inner prison, as where they were, of a Roman jail was a dungeon-like, dark, filthy. Rats were there. It was infested with rats. Very uncomfortable. There was no pillow to lay your head on at night. There was no bunk. There was no toilet in there. Say, so where do they go to the bathroom? They're tied by the feet. So where do you think they went? This is not pleasant. We look here and we see the prison of suffering. They didn't deserve this. Not only did they not, de- you, we look at our prison system today. Our prison system today is nothing like back in those days. Back in those days, you didn't want to go to jail. Today, there are people who want to go to jail because they have it better in jail than what they do out here. And if you have it better in jail than what you have it here, that's not really jail. That's, the, that's not how it goes. This was bad. It was undeserved, and it was hard. But in the midst of it, we see number two tonight. We see the praise of Paul and Silas. Wouldn't it be easy for them to sit in that prison and start just talking amongst themselves? All we are trying to do is serve the Lord. That's all we're trying to do. And literally, this is what the Lord allows to happen in our lives. Wouldn't it have been easy to hear them complain? No, you would never complain in that situation, would you? I would never do. We, we would just they're oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is faithful. In the Praise the Lord. And we're not sitting in the deep, dark dungeon, beaten half to death, sitting there. As we look here, we see the fact, look at verse 24 and 25. It says, Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God, and the prisoners heard them. We see the praise of Paul and Silas. We see, first of all, letter A, it came during prayer. That's why prayer is so important. I would encourage you, if you don't come to our weekly prayer meeting on Wednesdays at 5.15, you should come. You should come. We literally spend 45 minutes in prayer. There are weeks, honestly, that we don't even pray for much prayer requests. We literally get carried away praising God for who he is and what he's done. And in all reality, I know sometimes we're here, and I hope that those that come to prayer me don't ever, it's never a waste to just thank the Lord for what he's done and praise him for who he is. If we never get any further than that, and you're like, well, pastor, we always start there every week. Yeah, that's what we do. Because you realize the more you praise him for who he is and what he's done, how much smaller your problems actually seem. It's amazing how that works. But it came during prayer. 
The Bible says in James 5.13, Is any sick among you, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. The Bible tells us in Psalm 50, verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Despite being beaten and their unjust treatment, Paul and Silas did not lose their faith in the Lord. Rather than gripe and complain, they brought their prayers into God's presence and trusted God in the midst of being in prison. It's a powerful thing. We say it came during prayer, and we see letter B that it was produced by the Holy Spirit. You think about that fact. How in the world could we praise God in the midst of a bad situation? How could they do it? That's not natural. Do you realize that tonight? It is not, when things are going bad, it is not natural to praise God during that time. Our flesh doesn't work that way. When things are bad, we don't want to praise anybody. But remember what we talked about this morning, the better covenant? The fact that God, remember the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, literally, God's law, and man could not do it. The law was fine. Men were, were the problem. And literally, God said with the new covenant, I'm going to give you a new heart. And not only that, I'm going to give you my spirit, and my spirit will help you do what's right. The Holy Spirit of God is what gives us joy in the midst of dark times. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Peace in the midst of tough times. Peace in the midst of this world trying to turn everything upside down and make you fear every little thing. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. The spirit of God does not have fear involved in it, but a power, love, and a sound mind. That's why you need to be very careful. This world will do its best to mess you up and to make you fear everything. And that's where you need to be very careful too. What you read, who you listen to, and what you do. Because if you let this world, even, even some good Christians in this world, they try, they try and give you this stuff and you become a, even a conspiracy person to some degree. You get so carried away with this stuff. God doesn't want you to fear it. You have the Spirit of God inside of you. And the reason they could rejoice being in prison was the fact that they had the Spirit of God inside of them. And the Spirit of God helped them. We think about what Psalm 119.62 says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. At midnight, don't you want to be asleep? <laughs> there are some nights I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I just want to go back to sleep. And then I can't, and then I'll just go spend some time in prayer. Or, you know, Juan, you could just listen to my sermons. It puts you to sleep good. Yeah, that was exactly, I felt, I felt, so, I felt so bad this morning. I'm like, Juan, you want to help me with the Lord's Supper in the second service? And he's just, and so he was just in deep meditation thinking about the Lord's Supper and things like that. But it's a good thing to sing praise to God. There are time, and there might be a time then in the middle of the night you wake up and you can't go back to sleep. Why don't you just start thanking him, singing praise to him? Just think on those things. True praise 
happens, oftentimes it's born in sacrifice. And uh, the Bible tells us in Psalm 100, verse number 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. When we start our prayer meetings, this is where I have, this is where I go with prayer. When we're going to enter into the throne room of heaven to talk to God, we need to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We need to enter into his courts with praise and bless his name. It's a good thing to do and it's important to do. And this comes as we're, it's a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit of God. And what we see here tonight is we see the suffering they went through. We see here tonight the praise that they had in the midst of the suffering, which is not a natural response. It's a Holy Spirit-filled response. And that's where we need to quit responding in our flesh when things don't go the way that we think they should. Because that's literally our problem. We respond in our flesh. And instead, we need to respond with the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. And lastly, night number three, we see the power of God. God's power comes through. And man, when we look at this passage and we think about what happened to think, they're, they're praying. Now, I do not believe for a second that the only reason they were praising God is because they thought he's going to deliver us if we do this. You know, sometimes we look at God, and I don't understand. We look at, like, we can get more from him by do, you know, in, in Christianity we have this, in our Baptist culture, we have if you do this and this and this, you can get good, and good and getting good with God, and God's going to give you more than what he's already given you. And you can have a better this and a better that, and all of this stuff like that. It doesn't work that way. God is not a magic genie that you rub the little lamp and God comes out and says, three wishes. It's not how it works. That's how we treat God. We only go to him when, when we need something. Do you like it when the only time your kids ever are good and the only time they obey you is when they come and you're like, they want something? I learned a long time ago, even with my parents, I just needed to do what was right all the time. And then if I did need something, they had no problem doing it because I just did what was right all the time. But if I just kissed up to them just to get something, it never worked out very well. And as we look here, I don't believe for a second that the only reason they were singing praise at midnight, they're like, is he's going to deliver us right here. I don't think it matters if they were delivered or not. They were singing praise to God. And we see God's power come through. And as we look at this, we think about the fact that he has letter A, has power over nature. Do you realize that tonight? God has power over a, Hil over a Hillary hurricane? tropical storm he has power over earthquakes do you realize that tonight he created it all he has power over it colossians 1 16 and 17 says for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You think about this. If God said, let there be light, and light showed up, he's pretty powerful. And he has power over nature. God set an earthquake to get them loose. Now, when we think about that, could God have just said, break the chains off and let them go? Wasn't there another time with Peter where he... You know, the angel comes and had to wake Peter up. 
and literally had to almost beat him to wake him up. He was in that far of a sleep. And the angel walked him out while everyone else stayed asleep. Could have happened that way. But God was showing his power in this situation. And honestly, I think the grace of God showing his power here because there was a man that needed salvation. And he heard them singing. He heard the praise. And they stayed there. And his household got saved and baptized. It's kind of neat. They get saved. The man goes and helps them bind up their wounds, bandages them up, and then they take them and go baptize them. His power over nature. God sent that earthquake. Now, this is the inner prison. This had to be a pretty good earthquake. But God has the power. Not only his power over nature, but I love this, his power and salvation. It literally says, and that answer, what, what, a, what, a, what a statement. What, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Rarely do you get a response like that from somebody. But this man was ready. And they said, go to church every service that you can. Go get baptized. No, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do you see what salvation is? It's right there, right before our eyes. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The jailer's entire family got saved. Now, think about this. You might look, and we look at this whole situation. We're like, this situation is a terrible situation. You know, first off, in chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas split. They're not even together anymore. And Paul and Silas go their way. Barnabas and John Mark go a different way. Was that God's ultimate plan? God worked it together, didn't he? You have the demon-possessed girl that gets saved. You have the jailer and his family get saved. Did, did, those, did, the, did the people of that city, those men that had that girl that were making, were they trying to do good or were they meaning bad for Paul and Silas? They were meaning bad. But remember a guy by the name of Joseph in the Old Testament? Hey, brothers, you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. It's another example of this. Was it good to get beaten, be thrown in a prison? No. But how would this jailer ever have heard if they weren't there? How would his household have gotten saved? And when people mean things for bad, God can take bad situations and make them good. That's who our God is. He's an awesome God. He's worthy of praise. And as we close tonight, even when things are going wrong, you still need to praise him. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says this, By him, let us therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. What is the sacrifice of praise to God continually? It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. That's it right there. Let's offer sacrifice of praise to God and do it continually. 
no matter what good is going on or what bad is going on. And our lips, what comes out, the fruit of our lips, it shouldn't be grumbling and complaining that God's not fair. But we should be giving thanks to his name. He is worthy of praise no matter where we're at or what's going on in our lives. Father, we thank you for the time that we've had this evening in your word. And thank you for this passage.